This is episode 15 of Ethics and Culture Cast from the Notre Dame Center for Ethics and Culture. Welcome to episode 15 of Ethics and Culture Cast from the Notre Dame Center for Ethics and Culture. I'm Ken Hellenius, the communications specialist at the center. In this episode, we sit down with D.C. Schindler, an associate professor of metaphysics and anthropology at the John Paul II Institute for Studies on Marriage and Family, and author of Freedom from Reality, the Diabolical Character of Modern Liberty, the newest volume in the center's book series, Catholic Ideas for a Secular World, with the University of Notre Dame Press. Let's head into the Marion Short Ethics Library for this week's conversation. I'm here today with Professor D.C. Schindler. He's an associate professor of metaphysics and anthropology at the Pontifical John Paul II Institute for Studies on Marriage and Family at the Catholic University of America. He received his Ph.D. from CUA in 2001 with a dissertation on the philosophy of Hans Urs von Balthasar. Prior to joining the faculty at the John Paul II Institute, he taught at Villanova University from 2001 to 13 and spent a research year in Munich as part of an Alexander von Humboldt Fellowship during 2007 to 2008. Professor Schindler is a translator of French and German and has served as an editor of Communio, the International Catholic Review, since 2002. His latest book, Freedom from Reality, The Diabolical Character of Modern Liberty, is the newest volume in the series Catholic Ideas for a Secular World, the Center for Ethics and Culture's book series with the University of Notre Dame Press. Professor Schindler, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Ken. So tell us a bit about yourself. What uh, what brought you to Notre Dame? Well, uh, originally, uh, my father was a professor here. So I began uh, as uh, a high school student at St. Joe's High School across the street. And mm-hmm. uh, the natural move was to uh, University of Notre Dame. So I did a, a bachelor's degree in the great books, the program of liberal studies, uh, graduated in 92, and uh, went on for a master's degree in studies of marriage and family and theology at the John Paul II Institute, um, but discovered that my interests were a bit more philosophical than theological. So I I switched to philosophy at at Catholic U and uh, did a master's and PhD there. So the program of liberal studies is uh, an interdisciplinary program. And uh, so rather than being specialized uh, right from the outset, uh, I always had uh, very broad interests, um, and I think that's one of the reasons that I was torn between philosophy and theology, um, sure. and I still am. I still <laughs> am. Well, and this book kind of is crossing that back and forth, and, as well as your other books, right? That's right. That's right. I think if you do philosophy seriously, you can't but engage with the big theological questions, uh, and that's especially true if you are thinking as a believer. Um, uh, Those questions are uh, unavoidable, and if you try to avoid them, I think it actually will always send your thinking in a a bad direction. In a bad way. So so I think honest thinking is going to cross that boundary um, uh, pretty, pretty naturally. Sure. 
Um, what are your intellectual interests? So, yeah, I, I would uh, I would say um, m- my main areas, uh, as you mentioned, are, are metaphysics and, and anthropology. And, and the way I like to, to think about it um, is uh, my, my interest is sort of clustered around particular things. So uh, in metaphysics, I'm, I'm especially interested in the transcendentals, the classic mm-hmm. transcendentals, truth beauty and goodness what what are these realities and then in philosophical anthropology I, I like to think about the the um, uh, anthropological correlates of those so knowledge and freedom and love um, and so most of the work that I do um, uh, is is in I would say more or less within those parameters um, and it's it's ongoing. There's some of those areas that I've I've uh, developed much more than others, but they're all uh, I've got plans for all of it. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to that okay. later because okay. I'm really interested in where this goes. Um, so, what do you teach at the John Paul II Institute? My uh, so I was I was hired there a few few years ago um, to help um, uh, with the philosophy component. Uh, the, the program there is very interesting. When you hear uh, the Institute for Studies of Marriage and Family. Uh, you might think that um, uh, it's focused on sociology or maybe simply presenting the church's teaching on 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 the moral issues concerned with marriage and family. And of course, those those represent part uh, a part of what we do. But um, what the institute uh, does most fundamentally is think about the the faith as a whole, and in fact, uh, life as a whole. Uh, the reality simply through the lens of marriage and family. Um, uh, so it's not it's not uh, in the first place the object of study. It's 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 a sort of a lens that opens into every object of study, and so it's it's quite a it's it's a very interesting program. We've got extraordinary uh, faculty there, and um, one of the things that this uh, that we require of the students is a very serious philosophical formation. As, as part of their study, and uh, I was brought on uh, for that. Even though all of the faculty do it in some respect, sure. um, uh, I was tasked with the, the explicit philosophy classes. So I teach a metaphysics class called Being is Gift, um, and then I teach uh, um, some classes in, in philosophical anthropology. There's some rotating courses. Uh, but then another standard one that I teach is uh, one that I especially like um, on the philosophy of work, the meaning of work, oh, yes. called Dominion and Techne. Um, so that's, those are my principal areas. So how did you get involved with the Center for Ethics and Culture? I would say... As many people know, uh, the the circles around Notre Dame uh, tend to even even those that uh, have their beginnings in disparate places they tend to fold into each other and, and intersect and overlap. And um, my uh, my wife um, Jeannie Heffernan was uh, first a, a graduate student at Notre Dame, um, and then she also did some uh, work. Uh, has always been. Um, uh, deeply involved in the pro-life uh, work at, at various levels. Um, that's her family began the uh, uh, the right to life movement uh, with another family in, in Illinois. So uh, that's that's always been a big commitment of, of hers. And I believe it's through that kind of work that she got to know Carter uh, Sneed. Mm-hmm. And um, 
Carter and I were uh, having some conversations um, through uh, at some at some event or other, and I had mentioned uh, my interest in in this the problem of freedom, um, and he invited me to come first and give a lecture at the fall conference. Uh, uh, which was an extraordinary experience. Um, uh, that that uh, that fall conference is, I, I described it as uh, to my colleagues when I returned as kind of a Catholic academic Woodstock. Uh, it seems to bring everybody that that is intellectual and and Catholic in the country together. Uh, so the the spirit of reunion, uh, along with with always very interesting topics of discussion. So, uh, so that that was my principal involvement, and then uh, uh, Carter invited me to submit the manuscript for the for the press uh, for their series in the in the Notre Dame Press. Yeah. Well, this book, Freedom from Reality, um, has a wonderful title, wonderful cover too. Obviously, we yes. talked a bit about that uh, this afternoon at the panel discussion. Just kind of um, how beautiful it is, but also. Your title is itself incredibly intriguing. Mm. You use this word, the diabolical right. character of modern liberty. Um, explain, kind of unpack what you mean when you say diabolical to describe this. Sure. I, I, there was some hesitation uh, putting that on the title initially because I thought it might give the wrong impression mm. of what the book is about. But uh, I, I, I found the idea so so compelling that it really became kind of a, a, a governing idea of the book. And so it really belonged on the cover. The, the basic idea, it's... Um, uh, the diabolical, the, the Greek root uh, of the diabolical is uh, diabolein, um, uh, which has a perfect correlate uh, opposite, which is uh, sunbalein, uh, which is the root of the word uh, symbol. So diab- diabol, diabolical is, is the exact opposite of symbolical. Uh, symbol and symbolical, and the 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 word symbol we think of it as just a um, usually a sign that refers to something, um, uh, but uh, the 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 word has a much more interesting history, and and I won't go into all the details here, but uh, essentially the word means a joining together, uh, a, a unity, and and what a, what a symbol does is it it's it's it uh, it invites us. To uh, a kind of indwelling of a meaning, a communion with with meaning. Um, in in symbols, we're, we're we're united in common meanings, and and uh, uh, um, ultimately we're 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 united with the source of meaning. So um, in the book, I I I, I set up a uh, kind of a. a um, a couplet, the symbolical and the diabolical, and and take the the, the symbolic, the symbolical uh, or the symbolic order as re- representing um, a classical vision, a uh, pre-modern vision of re- of reality. Um, uh, this would be the classical tradition and the and the and the medieval uh, view, where all of reality speaks of God, and we are all joined together in our uh, 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 in our. Are, are coming to understand and interpret things, um, and that 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 unity is is a, a, a formative principle, a foundational principle for the way we organize society, the way in, in all sorts of very um, uh, unconscious ways. It's not necessarily that that we realize that we're doing this, but these these meanings are are, are built into. The reality uh, that we inhabit, and 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 spontaneously, uh, these these serve to to join us together and to make our life uh, 
good, true, beautiful, and, and, and fruitful, and genuinely human. So the, the diabolical is just the opposite of that. Instead of joining together, the word diabolain means to cast asunder, to, 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 to set apart, um, to separate. And I thought of that as a useful um, uh, image for what happens in the kind of uh, fragmentation of reality in uh, in the rise of modernity uh, that you have um, uh, instead of meanings that draw us together we 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 separate space out uh, uh, private protected space um, uh, and protect ourselves from each other and ultimately I argue protect ourselves from reality protect ourselves from God um, uh, even though this isn't always deliberate there's a there's a, a gesture of separation at at the heart of this so uh, the diabolical uh, means as I said casting asunder setting apart uh, but I also pick up the traditional connotative meanings of the of the word sure. the devil yeah. uh uh the demonic um uh the devil is one who says no uh, uh the diabolical is a basic no to reality um the diabolical is as the father of lies right the, uh, essentially deceptive and and uh it seems to me that these modern um and when, and when I say modern, I don't, I don't mean just things that are around now. I mean modern in terms of the Enlightenment mm-hmm. worldview. Um, uh, they 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 substitute for for a reality. They present, in a way, deceptive images of reality uh, that substitute for it. Um, and and uh, uh, another note in the diabolical is the self-destructive, the self-annihilating. Um, uh, uh, and and it seems to me that that that, that these. This this notion has gotten this this form of separation and fragmentation, and 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 uh, such a radical fragmentation that we're turned against ourselves. Uh, this form has been embedded in uh, the 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 values and the institutions of of modern culture, uh, and I think we can free ourselves from them. Only if we first understand that that's what's going on. We, 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 we I think um, uh, we've we've become enslaved to the modern conception of freedom, and we've we've gotten caught up in these um, uh, these 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 distortions and this 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 isolation uh, from from reality, from God, from uh, others, and ultimately even from ourselves. Um, and uh, and uh, the first step to getting beyond that is to recognize it, sure. call it what it is, and, and try to understand it. So it's built into the very structures, our political structures, our, our societal structures, such that most of us aren't even aware. aware. That's right. Uh, an example would be this, for example, notion of, of rights. Um, we think of rights as uh, as powers, and uh, we, we, we think of them as, as uh, um, uh, in a way, a kind of a weapon that we use against others and um, uh, against uh, maybe some obligations that we have so um, that we ought to have precisely because of our uh, uh, belonging to a community say um, so so the, the notion of rights uh, obviously in a way comes from a sense of human dignity which is a precious thing that needs to be preserved and so it's it taps into something that's good an actual truth an actual truth an actual reality but but it reinterprets that in in ways that are destructive and so the very things that we promote and we ought to promote uh 
um, end up uh, in very subtle but profound ways undermining those things themselves and and other things. So uh, it's a, it's a it's a very tricky business. But um, uh, uh, some of the what I say might sound sort of mystical and and abstract metaphysical. But 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 I think we see these kinds of paradoxes all all, all around us. Um, you know that we're all familiar with rights being used as a weapon. Yeah. For instance, my rights trump yours, or or whatever it might be. Precisely. Yeah. Right. Right. And that that's you know, there's a kind of violence in, in that. There, there are many other things, but that would be an example. So you've described this as a metaphysical reflection on the meaning of liberty, mm-hmm. and yet you're also talking about very much a political reality. So mm. why? Why a metaphysical reflection on on politics? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm glad that you asked that. I I, I um, uh, th- there's a a good bit that's being written now that are similar in spirit to this book. Uh, uh, that 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 um, historical circumstances have have brought us to a point where we realize that um, the problems in our contemporary culture are not um, uh, uh, they're fundamental problems. They're not simply um, uh, uh, a, a, a leak that sprung in an otherwise uh, good structure that just sim- simply needs to be patched up. I, we're, I think we're beginning to realize that that the things that ail us, uh, ail us are, are are fundamental. Um, and uh, as I said, there there are a number of books that are being written about this um, uh, and are addressing different aspects of it: um, uh, historical aspects, you know, the history of ideas. Um, the, the 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 political uh, 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 stakes, um, uh, the ethical dimension, um, uh, the religious question, and and all of these are, are absolutely crucial and fundamental. But it seems to me that that um, it's 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 a little more rare that we actually uh, think in terms of metaphysics. We we think to the metaphysical dimension of of a, of of these sorts of problems. Um, and that's not, um, you know, this book is not going to be a bestseller. <laughs> it's uh, it, it's uh, metaphysical uh, uh, thinking is is it's it's hard work and and um, um, it's not so popularly accessible. But but it seems to me and um, it seems to me it has it's work that has to be done um, uh, and and uh, not. To replace all of these other approaches, but but to complement them, um, because this this metaphysical dimension needs to be attended to. So so that's the you know the, the the modest hope of this book is to try to make some contribution in that direction. As author, who do you who are you writing for? Oh, that's a that's a tough question. That's a very tough question. I wish that I could write more for a, a broad audience uh but i have uh i've come to realize that's that's just not my uh that's not uh my gift <laughs> so um I, I but but it's a curious thing because on the other hand this book is not meant simply for academics um it's it's not meant to be uh um um a specialized scholarly work um uh and i think that's that's obvious already from the title um this isn't a typical uh, title that you would find on a on a scholarly right, tome. Right. Um, uh, so, so I, 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 in that sense, I, I'm, I'm aiming more broadly. It's not just at the academy, but um, uh, 
you know, it's I'm, I'm, I, I suppose I'm, I'm trying to hit this this intersection of, of philosophy and culture. Um, uh, you know, questions that are existentially uh, interesting, so they're not just theoretical problems, um, uh, but existential problems that concern the way we live. Uh, they concern everyday life, but but to try to think. Uh, of uh, about them at a, at a deep level, and you know, the, the 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 philosophers that I admire write in this way. And when I say admire, it doesn't mean that I necessarily agree with them. <laughs> sure. But I would mention, you know, uh, like Heidegger, uh, Hegel, Nietzsche, um, uh, obviously have very profound disagreements with um, with what they say. But uh, I would take them as representative of this kind of attempt to grapple with existential meaningful questions but at a at a at a, at a deep level yeah. so that's that's kind of the aspiration so now that you've added your voice to this conversation mm-hmm. which and i agree with you this is ground that's been well trod even in the last few years i right. think of course of after virtue 1981 you right. know with alistair mcintyre i think of the benedict option right. rod dreyer i think of uh, even Patrick Deneen's Why Liberalism Failed, you know, mm. they're, they're all kind of approaching this, some of these same questions, and yet, as you say, from different directions. Mm. Um, is that it? Is mm. society doomed? What do we do? <laughs> uh, yeah. where, where do you go from here? Where do we go from And here? where do we go from here? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, we go to church. <laughs> and and uh uh, these the the uh, uh, the discussion is is in in some ways can become very abstract, but the but the reality being discussed is very concrete, and uh, it it seems to me one of the things I argue about in the book is is this is about recovering reality, and uh, the. Uh, amazing thing about reality is it's right in front of our faces. This is not something um, lost in the in the mists of time. This is not some uh, uh, something up in the heavens. I mean, reality is our our relationships with our our children and uh, with our community. Our our uh, uh, the way we we think about work, um, the way we uh, uh, organize our home. Um, the way we 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 plan cities and 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 constitute uh, communities, all these things are are there's there's a metaphysical dimension built into all these things, and and it seems to me uh, w- w- what I am hoping and what what the book aims to do is to to recall our attention to the very concrete realities that are that are um, involved uh, in these day to day. Uh, experiences um, and to try to live them more authentically. So, I mean, in a, in a way, uh, the the problem is extremely great and deep and impossible for anybody to solve. But but in another sense, precisely the profundity of the problem means that we solve it by just doing little things differently. Um, um, having a you know, one thing I I would point to, for instance, is 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 freeing ourselves from. Uh, from technology, uh, uh, that's that's something very concrete. Um, um, to to uh, uh, privilege direct human contact uh, with a person uh, when we can, um, a, 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 as distinct from um, uh, always technologically mediated uh, relations. Um, you know, to uh, bake our own bread, to um, 
uh, you know, plant a garden. I mean, uh, these things seem sort of trite, but I know from my my own experience and 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 seeing uh, uh, people around me, um, uh, the the smallest things like this can be profoundly liberating, and and you see that there's it's it's it already brings to mind a different. Uh, a, a, a different f- frame of mind, a different a different way of of thinking about things, and you know, you mentioned these these many books that are being written now. It seems to me that there's something in the air. I mean, we're all um, looking for for the same thing. Ultimately, we can trust that we're all looking for the same thing. Um, we all want an alternative to what what uh, what we received and built for ourselves, right? And yeah. uh, and which is showing its 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 uh, defects uh, increasingly, so so there's hope. There's definitely uh, there's hope. It strikes me that the answer you've just given is also the exact sort of answer that somebody who works at the John Paul II Institute for Studies in Marriage and Family, as with the family being the building block of society, you that go. you should be giving. Yeah. Right? That's right. That's right. Right. I, you know, it, 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 that is. It sounds too simple, but there really is something to be said about beginning with the family. Um, uh, that's, um, there's, there's so much that's in, in, uh, involved in, a, in unconscious ways in just that most fundamental human relationship. That's a good place to begin. Where do you go from here as an author? Because you've done a good job of kind of calling our attention to the metaphysical relationship uh, or the, you know, the truth there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What next What's for next? you? I mean, in, you know, in in general, what what I what I'm hoping to do is take take some of these basic concepts like freedom and love, and and uh, try to re enrich them by drawing on the great tradition, um, uh, because I think so many of these things have become impoverished. Um, but but very specifically, I uh, this this book is itself um, it's it's meant to be volume one of a, a trilogy, actually, and I think that's important to say because it it ends with. Um, uh, Plato and Aristotle, um, but uh, it's not the case that I think Plato and Aristotle are the solution to these problems. Um, uh, I present them in the book as 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 the first foundation for rethinking uh, this question of freedom, and and I think that that's true that 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 they represent a, 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 a beginning that ought never to be left behind that we need to carry with us. Um, but that beginning has been developed, and so vo- volume two is meant to be, um, which I'm 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 uh, neck deep in the in the research for that right mm-hmm. now. Um, volume two is meant to be a, a, a look at the the Christian appropriation of the classical tradition. I'm I'm coming to the conclusion that 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 uh, freedom is the gift of Christianity uh, to the world, um, and it's going to take a long time to explain exactly what I mean by that. But that 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 gift needs to be received properly, and some of the uh, history of the reception has gone awry, and and I think um, in many ways the the modern liberal conception of freedom can be traced to a certain distortion of the Christian reception of the classical tradition. But that, that, that will have to be laid out. And then, and then the third volume will be uh, finally a, a constructive metaphysics, an attempt to just think through, okay, now, now that we've looked at history and we've thought about the contemporary problems, what exactly should we think about freedom? What, what is freedom? Um, 
that'll be the third volume, I hope. Uh, these things always evolve a bit uh, over time, and, and it'll be certainly some years before I get to that one, but that's how I see it now. Well, we look forward to reading those when when you get less neck deep in Volume 2 and then Volume 3. So Very good. David, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you, Ken. It's been a pleasure. Thank you to Professor David Schindler. Check the show notes for the YouTube link to our Authors' Roundtable discussion about his book with Michael Moreland of Villanova University, Adam Seagrave from the University of Missouri, and Peter Simpson of CUNY. You can learn more about the Center for Ethics and Culture by visiting ethicscenter.nd.edu. Subscribe to Ethics and Culture Cast, which is released every other Thursday during the academic year, by visiting ethicscenter.nd.edu slash podcast. We would love your feedback. Please give us a review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. And email your suggestions to cecpodcast at nd.edu. Our theme music is I Don't Know by Grapes, licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution License. We'll see you next time on Ethics and Culture Cast. Until then, make good decisions.